Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Madness already in March, and we are just getting started. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. All you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. What a March it has already been, Joe. And you called it. You called it. You called, I called that it. upset. I did call it and I Virginia you called that one at least I also reached out to Chris Canty just recently to let him know that I wanted it on the record that after Furman beat his beloved Cavaliers like I said they would I did not reach out to talk trash because I have class he -hmm. has yet to respond we'll see where it goes we will keep you updated throughout the course of the show but what a day I started the day over at Caesars Palace we had an early episode of Daily Wager so I was on location in the sports book place was pulsating with excitement with energy with vodka tonics at eight in the morning (laughs) people were getting it in what a time of year to be alive and what a start Virginia goes down. I think that's three first-round exits over the last four or five years. You go back, it's the five years to the day they got knocked out as a one seed. Uh, The first and only one seed in history to get eliminated from the tournament in the opening round. Five years to the day, that's Virginia. But no one's going to remember it because just a few hours later, as a 14-and-a-half-point favorite, Arizona, a two-seed lost to Princeton. Congratulations to the Tigers. Those kids finally caught a break in life. The best thing that ever happened to Virginia was a two-seed going down, right? It was Arizona going down. That's helpful if you're Virginia. Uh, You're not the biggest disappointment of the day. Rewind real quick, though. So you're telling me you reached out to Chris Canty to say to him that you're not reaching out to talk trash. But exactly. inadvertently, you doing so is, in effect, talking trash. No, no. Very clearly stated, not talking trash because I have class. And anyone who knows the following about class knows the first rule of class is to tell people you have class. <laughs> and it was important I let him know. Now, he has responded. I will give you my text to him. Quote, I wanted on the record that after Furman beat Virginia, I did not reach out to talk expletive because I have class. He responds, fair and well played, my friend. I respond, Carlin, on the other hand, classless. Making <laughs> well, sure that is well known. And yeah, he like responds, yup, a real low life, that guy. So we're all in agreement <laughs> on that regarding Chris Carlin. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that sounds like a, a no offense, but... No, very clearly no stating offense, I'm not I'm not t- very clearly stating I'm not talking trash. I don't know what you two P brains don't understand Whoa. about this. Huh? <laughs> Freak show. 
Oh, uh, pea brain that. seems seems a, a little intense, but we did get some madness I because you know, well, thank you. I appreciate that. We did get some madness because one of your predictions has already come true. Virginia did beat Furman, uh, or I'm sorry, lost to Furman, a uh, 68 to 67. One of the upsets you mentioned, the other upset. This one you did not call pea brain. Nevertheless, <laughs> Princeton took down Arizona, <laughs> 59 to 55. Here's what both of those upsets sounded like. Clark runs end line, chest pass into Beekman, bounces back to Clark, 10 seconds, he is double, slapped at, prayer pass, picked off by Heed, 5 seconds, Pagase, right wing for the win, yes! The horn is going to sound, the Princeton Magic is alive and well, the Princeton Tigers upset Arizona. 15 over a 2, 59-55 is the final score. The Tigers will advance to the second round. So Furman with the upset on a three-point shot at the end. Heck of a call there. Both of those calls, courtesy of Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save. 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com right now. Auburn and Iowa are duking it out. Uh, the, I mean, first round is in and of itself far from over, Joe, and yet has already delivered. You started the day at Caesars Palace. Have you been glued to televisions all day long? Decent amount. There's been a lot of work to do, so I've been trying to keep as close of an eye on this as I can. We've also got Duke and Drake starting in three minutes, and who, for those of you who remember uh, Pizza Money from yesterday, excuse me, Oral Roberts and Duke, for those who remember Pizza Money from yesterday, yes, we had Oral Roberts. So keep an eye on that game. We're going to keep you updated with everything as we move through today. Going back to the two upsets, Princeton, the more impressive upset, Furman, the more impressive style of upset. They were up six with like two minutes to go. They completely fell apart down the stretch. They hit two free throws to cut it to two with about 12 seconds left. And then they trapped the inbounds pass. The ball gets inbounded. A a veteran guard, I can't remember his name at the moment, he turns and he just fires it down the court. They intercept it, pass it, bury a big-time three, and essentially win the game from there. That ending was a better ending than the Princeton game, but the Princeton game, the more impressive upset because, again, they were 14-and-a-half-point dogs, and they were a 15 seed. We have a bunch of games left in the first round still, and I think my bracket's already busted. Why? How far did you have Arizona go? I I don't know. I would have to pull it up. I don't remember, but I definitely did not have Princeton beating Arizona, and frankly, I don't think I listened to you. I don't think I had Furman – beating Virginia either. The Oral Roberts-Duke angle of this is interesting to me. Like you said, that game about to tip off here, and you're calling that upset. Is it possible that we're going to get three upsets today alone? Day one, three major upsets. That would be a monster if Duke goes down too. Well, if you're looking for major upsets, I like them plus the points. I took the six points, but I am not going to be surprised if the upset takes place. I'm not going to be surprised at all. Duke and the ACC, I said this yesterday. I've been saying it on TV. The ACC is overrated. They were not good this year. Just because Duke ran through a bad conference does not make them a good team. Drake is, excuse me, Oral Roberts is legit. Max A. Smiths, if you don't know the name, get familiar with it. Two years ago, he led that team deep into the tourney. He's looking to do it again. Oral Roberts can play. They're number one in the country in turnovers. That is very important this time of year. We will keep you updated on that game as the action gets underway. Auburn right now up a couple points on Iowa in the first half of that game. Tons of time left in that one. Before uh, we move on to anything 
not NCAA, Joe's going to try to do what he does best. He already gave you yesterday the pizza money. If you listened to him with Furman over Virginia, you would have won some money. So you're going to want to listen up because he's got some more NCAA action. Let's do it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, two and one yesterday, plus 0.7 units. We've got two pending, Auburn minus one and Oral Roberts plus six. This next one, there's actually a two-four here. It starts in 25 minutes. We're going to play Boise Northwestern under 128.5. We're also going to play Northwestern minus one and a half. Two-pick special right out of the gate. Why are we playing Northwestern? It's very simple. The Mountain West Conference stinks in the tournament. Utah State just showed us that a few minutes ago, and I know, I know, San Diego State covered. The, the, the refs helped them out with the end of that game. I believe the Mountain West has now lost 10 of their last 11 tournament games. They stink. That's the only criteria for me picking Northwestern minus one and a half. As to the under, these teams rank in the bottom half of the country in tempo. They play really slow. They both have top 20 defenses. Boise, terrible free throw shooting team. Northwestern, terrible three-point shooting team. Double dip to start the show for pizza money. Northwestern minus one and a half. Northwestern Boise under 128 and a half starts in about 24 minutes. So we will continue to keep you updated on all the NCAA action. But coming up next here on Joe and Amber, we transition to the NFL. We've gone wall to wall across ESPN practically with Aaron Rodgers coverage. But, you know, there's another quarterback out there that should be a huge story this offseason. Things have been very, very quiet on that front. We'll get into it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to it on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Been very, very quiet on the Lamar Jackson front. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Before we get into what is happening with Lamar Jackson, let's get into making you some more money. Pizza money number two coming your way. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. 
It almost feels at this time of year like you can gamble as much as you want and no one can do anything about it except your own, you know, personal bankroll. All right, here we go. We're going to the NBA for this one. We'll make it quick. It starts in 13 minutes at 7.30. Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Kings tonight. Let's go over eight and a half assists. It's minus 120, but this is a number you want to play. 38 assists over his last three games. 38 assists, almost 13 assists per game. Why? Because he was traded over a few weeks ago, and he's finally finding his place, his role, his fit within the system, and that is as a facilitator. By the way, he's playing a Kings team that gives up more assists per game than any NBA team in the league. 26.4 total per game. Total in this game is 238, so it's priced for a lot of scoring, which means a lot of assisting. Pizza money number two, technically three, however you want to look at it. Spencer Dinwiddie over eight and a half assists. Breaking news from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The Ravens have placed the non-exclusive tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson. This is more than just about money. The relationship between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson isn't a relationship that is in a good place. So as of 4 p.m. yesterday, Lamar Jackson and teams were allowed to have discussions. Teams were allowed to offer Lamar Jackson an offer sheet. As of yesterday... We are over 24 hours into the Lamar Jackson experience and ain't nothing, Joe. I mean, I haven't heard a single thing, a single report. Where is the report that such and such team at least reach out to Lamar Jackson's camp? And the weird thing about this is I don't know if we're not getting those reports because nobody's interested right now in having these discussions with Lamar Jackson or it's early, which... I early for a, a a quarterback who's won an MVP seems kind of absurd, but maybe it's early. Maybe these teams are taking their time or the third explanation might be Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. And typically when these things get leaked to reporters, there are agents involved. So you bring up a lot of interesting avenues there. I think one thing to bring up as well is the idea that we have been talking about Lamar Jackson possibly being a free agent. We've been talking about the teams that could be potential suitors. It has been such a big story for such a long time that nothing's happening and it seems surprising, but is it? Because we did some research before the show of the quarterbacks over the last 30 years since this non-exclusive franchise tag has been a mechanism with, with which teams can utilize. Over the last 30 plus years, only Five quarterbacks prior to Jackson have been hit with it. Steve Young in 93, Jim Harbaugh in 96, Drew Brees in 2005, Matt Castle in 2009, Kirk Cousins in 2016. All right? Only five. So it's rare. Castle is the only guy who actually left the team that gave him the franchise tag. That was New England. He went and signed with Kansas City. So is it possible that we blew this up into a huge deal where he could leave and the reality of the situation is that He's not going anywhere because that's normally how this works. If you look at history, history tells you he ain't going anywhere. History tells you that if there is an offer sheet, that the Baltimore Ravens are going to match that offer sheet. Because you're right. The only exception to that rule was Matt Castle with New England. What is interesting, though, what differentiates Lamar Jackson from these quarterbacks? Well, is first of all, Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than most of these quarterbacks, right? Or at least at the time that we're having the conversation. Steve Young had won an MVP by the time that he was hit with a non-exclusive tag in 93. So he would be the most similar, I guess, to Lamar Jackson in terms of caliber. That was 1993, Joe. I yeah. mean, our board op Nick Carty wasn't even alive, I don't think, yet. So you can tell that 
making that comparison would be a tough one to today in 2023 with the size of the contracts and the guaranteed money that we know Lamar Jackson wants. What's also interesting and differentiates Lamar from this group, though, is he is the only quarterback in NFL history under 30 to be hit with a non-exclusive tag. All of these guys were 30 or over by the time they got hit with the non-exclusive tag. Lamar Jackson is 26 years old. So it is an unusual situation, but if we look at history, history tells us he's staying in Baltimore. I'd also like to point out, and you make this point all the time, um, how many of these guys had agents versus Lamar Jackson not having an agent? Because that obviously is playing some sort of role here. So here's what's next for everyone who's trying to figure out how it's going to end for Lamar Jackson. He's been hit with this non-exclusive franchise tag. Teams are allowed to make offers. The Ravens then have a chance to match that offer, yada, yada, yada. The reality of the situation is the next important date is now July 17th. I'm sorry for all of us that have very short attention spans and we want instant gratification. July 17th is the next important date because July 17th is the deadline for players who have been hit with any version of the franchise tag to reach an agreement with their current team on a new long-term deal. And if they don't, that's it. You have to stop that entire process. It's the franchise tag or it's nothing and you move on into the season. So July 17th is where we turn our attention with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. If no one's going to make an offer here and you've got to realize these other teams, if they want to move, are incentivized to move because the draft's right around the corner. You have to understand where you stand before the draft because if you don't, you're going to be lost going in at the most important position in all of sports. So I'll ask you this as we do this conversation yet again. Now until July 17th, I have no idea how many days it is we can guess. Do you think Jackson and the Ravens come to terms on a long-term contract by then? No, I don't. Because I think that they have dug their feet into the sand so much. They have been negotiating. What is it? We've been doing this for like something crazy, 52 months or so. It can't be that many. But what, what is the thing that everyone keeps saying? How many months it's been that we have been going through this song and dance with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson trying to work out this deal? I, I mean, I think it amounts to two years, essentially, that they've been trying to work out this, this extension. And if they haven't been able to work it out over a two-year span, all of a sudden they're going to work it out over a four-month span? You're right. We do have four four months left before anything really has to happen with Lamar. Realistically speaking, though, if you're a team and you're really interested in Lamar, you have to start moving things around. You mentioned the draft is coming up. That's a key component. You have to make room, right? Are you trading away players? Are you, how are you making room in the salary cap? Are you trading picks? Because you have to have the two first rounders to go back to Baltimore. So you have to consider that as well. And so all of this is part of this equation that, Yes, there's four months before the Ravens are really doing anything here, but it doesn't feel reasonable that four months are going to pass by and that nobody else is going to make an offer here to Lamar that Baltimore would then have to immediately match if they're going to retain his services. So I would think we're going to get a decision much before that. But if you're asking me if this thing just rides out, is Baltimore going to finally be able to just work out a long-term deal with Lamar short of them having to match an offer sheet? I just can't see it. What is going to change? What would be different now than, than hasn't been over the last 24 months? Lamar. It would have to be Lamar deciding he's not getting the Watson deal. He's probably going to see something happen with Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts this offseason. He's going to have to face the reality 
that he's not getting that deal, and then he's going to have to make a decision. Does he want to continue to play hardball and, and, and hope that something changes in the Ravens' mind, or does he want to take the long-term deal? Because the Ravens don't hold all the leverage here. They would like to win games next year, and he's the best bet for them to win those games. Well, and also, he has the leverage of not signing the tag, right? I mean, it's $32.461 or $416 million that he'll get paid. This season, if he's playing under that non-exclusive tag with Baltimore, he could bulk it. He could not sign it. He would be costing himself about $32 million bucks. That's a lot of money for a guy who has only earned money on a rookie contract thus far, but it's possible he does. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Madness in March. One of the upsets that Joe called was Oral Roberts with the points, right? Over yes, I liked him plus Duke, the six, but I did also plus like him six. as a potential upset. Okay, well, well, right now Duke is up seventeen to five on Oral Roberts. So, not good. So far, it's not good. Not good news for Joe Hortonbaugh's takes, but we will see. He did call the Furman upset over Virginia that happened earlier today for like Virginia ago. 68 to 67 Princeton also took down two seed Arizona 59 to 55 today so we'll see if Oral Roberts can get things going here and get some of that upset magic let's sound on sound off they said it but what did they really mean what are you trying to say to us sound on sound off with Joe and Amber. With the Los Angeles Lakers in a fight to make the playoffs and facing a very bad Houston Rockets team last night, Anthony Davis didn't play because they were on the back end of a back-to-back. And also, I'm ad-libbing here, Anthony Davis doesn't play basketball or hardly ever plays basketball. KJM host Jay Williams said there's no reason that he couldn't have been out there. I get Darvin Ham and the scheme is not to play AD back-to-back, but yo, we got 12 games left in the regular season. Like You're a half a game up on the Utah Jazz and the New Orleans Pelicans fighting for a playing position. And this is where I really question AD sometimes. It makes me angry, Key. I don't give a, or, it's doctor's orders. I don't though. give a damn what the doctor's orders are. I'm I mean, playing. By the way, they looked horrible defensively. If AD's in that game, they win the game. They are sitting right now at 10th in the conference. We bring in our producer, James Steele. Yeah, Joe, so the policy is not to play any in back-to-back games, but should the Lakers handle this differently now that they're fighting for a playoff spot? Respect Jay Will's opinion, no doubt, but disagree. It wasn't just the second half of a back-to-back. It was their third game in four nights and fourth game in six nights. 
There was a lot going on there. A lot going on there for the Lakers. You got to get your rest if you're AD because the Lakers aren't playing to get into the playoffs. The Lakers are playing to win a title. So if they get in by half a game, but AD gets hurt to go alongside LeBron getting hurt, it's still a waste of a season. You have to manage both things equally. Yes, you need to get in, but AD has to be healthy with LeBron. Otherwise, it's not going to matter anyway. I got news for you, Lakers Nation. You are playing to get into the playoffs. Like, that is where you are at as a Lakers team. You have zero chance of winning a title because Anthony Davis isn't going to be able to carry you to one. And LeBron James is coming off of an injury. We have no idea if LeBron James is going to be ready and healthy and good in the playoffs once we get there. But you got to get there first for that to even be a problem. And Anthony Davis, with as few games are left in this season, with them sitting right now in a play in position right now a play in position that they could fall out of and oh by the way the last time I saw the Lakers in the play on it didn't go so well like this isn't a Lakers team that's a given to get into the postseason even if they find themselves in a play-in situation I, I just hate this generally there's not that many games left statistically speaking, all of this risk isn't actually preventing injuries with Anthony Davis. He's injury prone anyways. At some point, you just got to be out there and you got to play basketball when you're needed and you're needed right now if you're Anthony Davis. After Aaron Rodgers' appearance on the Pat McAfee show, where does the leverage lay with the Packers and the Jets? ESPN Wisconsin host Jason Wild told Fitz and Harry why the Packers are in trouble financially if Rodgers is on the roster to start the season. The biggest thing is the contract If they have to pay it, if we get to the point of him still being somehow on the roster as the season approaches, and then they try to move on from him, they're stuck. Because if they try to cut him after they've paid the option bonus, it is $75 million of a cap hit in dead cap money in 2023, and then another like twenty-four in 2024. Amber, we kind of talked about this off the air yesterday, but to bring it on to the air, who do you think has the leverage right now after Aaron Rodgers' appearance on the Pat McAfee show yesterday? The Packers or the Jets? Yeah, Joe and I both thought that that the uh, Packers had all the leverage because, of course, he goes on the Pat McAfee show, he says, I do want to play next season and I want to play for the New York Jets. And so all of a sudden the Packers find themselves in a situation where they're negotiating with a team, his only team, his only real option. And they know that he is planning to play for them. So they know how desperate the Jets are to get him and they would try to leverage that desperation. Now that is interesting. I know James Steele was the only one of us who felt like, that the Jets had some leverage. And this was the Jets' leverage, too, that James was alluding to, was the financial ramifications there. And also the awkwardness if Aaron Rodgers ends back up in a Green Bay locker room. I just have a hard time believing, because of the situation he's put himself in, that he also would then go back to the organization. Like, I almost wonder if this thing goes south with the Jets, then it feels like Aaron Rodgers has to find himself with another team or he does actually have to make good on that whole I was 90% almost retired before I went into the dark thing, Joe. I think it's even. It's easy to sit here and say that the Packers could be flexing and that they've got more leverage because Rodgers said he's going to the Jets, so now the Jets have to give the Packers what they want. 
but the Packers don't have a whole lot going on here. It doesn't seem like Rodgers is coming back. It doesn't seem like they want him back. It doesn't seem like he wants to come back. And Jason Wilde laid it out perfectly in terms of how much financially it would bury them if he was around when you got to the start of the season and then you tried to make the move. So both parties are incentivized to get this deal done. The Jets want Rodgers. They're willing to give up a relatively big package, I bet. The Packers need to get rid of Rodgers. They have to accept that they don't have all the leverage in this situation. A deal's going to get done. We can go back and forth on this all day, but the reality is both teams need it to happen. The Packers just as much as the Jets. Juju Smith-Schuster took a one-year deal last offseason to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. It paid off for him with a Super Bowl win. Those words written, of course, by Kansas City fan James Steele on my screen. <laughs> Yesterday, what? he signed a three-year deal with the New England Patriots. I mean, of course you were going to find a way for me to have to talk about the Kansas City it, Chiefs Super Bowl is, win. Of course that, you were. Is that not something I mean, that happened? I don't think it's pertinent information. Like, Why not? Juju was on the Chiefs, and then we could have just moved on to, you know, he signed a three-year deal with New yeah. England. I don't there know. are other stories. Did it not pay off for him? Well, it, it did. I just don't know if that's pertinent to the setup of the sound it is. bite. Let's, it definitely is. Let's continue forth and let's, see. Let's move on. Yesterday, Juju signed a three-year deal with New England. Former Patriot and current ESPN NFL analyst Teddy Bruschi says Juju is not enough. That would be just the start, okay, because there is no cornerback in the AFC East that's looking at that move and is scared, okay? The cornerbacks that are in New York, that are in Miami, it's like, yeah, we got him. Don't worry about it. Okay. That's where it starts, okay? And as being a former Patriot, there better be something with Judy. There will be something with Hopkins. But what Mac went through in that frustration last year, he needs more people to throw it to that are reliable, that can get separation and catch the ball. Bill, go to work. I would like to point out that him winning a Super Bowl was not pertinent to the setup of that soundbite. Yep, it is. Uh, so, Joe, <laughs> what can Super Bowl line. champion, <laughs> what can Super Bowl champion Juju Smith-Schuster do for Mac Jones and the Patriots' offense? He can slightly upgrade the offense, but I don't even know if I'd go that far because they had Jacoby Myers. So is like Myers to Schuster some sort of huge upgrade? Myers went and signed, if I'm not mistaken. Did he go to the Raiders? So I think he reunites with Josh McDaniels and he'll be there with Jimmy Jimmy uh, Garoppolo. We might want to look that one up. I could have that one wrong. But, okay, so you replaced the need with a guy who had some great run in Pittsburgh, but it hasn't been all that great since. There's some, you know, I'm not even going to get in that. Here's what I'll say. Mac Jones ranked 26th in the NFL in yards per attempt last year at 6.8. What that's a measure of is his ability to throw the ball down the field. Part of that's on him. Part of that's on his receiving core, being able to get open and catch the ball down the field. He ranked behind guys like Zach Wilson who had a 7.0 yards per attempt average. Uh, Justin Fields, who had no weapons in Chicago. Jacoby Brissett, Taylor Heineke, Russell Wilson, who had one of the worst seasons of all time. They need a lot of help, a lot of help on offense, a lot. They've got a solid defense, but what's the point of having a first-round quarterback if you're not going to give them any weapons? This is fine. Uh, you know, it's a fine move. Uh, yeah, the, the criticism. I mean, it's, it's fine. fine. It's What's fine, the meme right? with the like, thing sitting there drinking coffee? It's fine. Everything's it's fine. on fire. Every, everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's all on fire. Um, no, it's fine because the reality is that you don't have number 12 under center in New England and not surrounding this guy. Mac Jones with weapons is a disastrous idea because this guy ain't number 12. And that's just the reality of it. So you are going to have to bring in weapons. I'm not sure that Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton, like I'm not like 
it, it just still doesn't excite me. Joe, you were talking yesterday about how boring this New England Patriots team is. I mean, they are boring to talk about, too. Like, it is just a snooze fest over there now in New England. And I don't know if Juju moves the meter that much. I think it's fine. I think it's good that they're trying to bring in another weapon. He replaces Myers, so whatever. I It's just... You know, we're talking about a receiver. He caught 78 passes, 933 yards in the regular season, three touchdowns during the regular season. Yeah, he he contributed certainly in the postseason for them. He had those seven receptions in that Super Bowl win, James. Yeah, see? But I don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think we're talking about New England uh, needing Juju, frankly, for a Super Bowl this season. Coming up next year on Joe and Amber, John Morant was suspended eight games for the incident in Colorado. Was it enough? We'll get into that story. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. NBA has suspended Memphis Grizzlies guard John Morant for eight games without pay for conduct detrimental to the league. That comes after on March 4th, he appeared in an Instagram live video on his own account uh, holding what appeared to be a firearm while at a nightclub, we'll call it, in uh, or around Denver, Colorado. So that is the fallout from that situation. Now we know the action that the NBA is taking relevant to that situation. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We've also heard from John Morant. He entered some sort of treatment program last week. I believe it was. He was there for a few days. He met with the commissioner, Adam Silver. They issued the suspension from the NBA. The Memphis Grizzlies guard also sat down with Jalen Rose, our very own Jalen Rose. He said that he has learned from his ways. Here is John Morant. Just learning, you know, I can open up. I can express my feelings and that it's, you know, okay to be able to express your feelings. So, you know, I was constantly, you know, talking to therapists. I've been doing, you know, Reiki treatment. Um, I've been doing anxiety breathing, you know, different stuff to, you know, help me manage that and release, you know, all that stuff from my body. So John Moran says that that's what he learned during his treatment last week that took place in Florida. Michael Wilbon, he was on NBA Countdown. He didn't sound so confident that John Morant has learned his lessons. I don't care about what he says right now. When I say I don't care, I want to hear it. But that's not what it's going to be judged on. What's he going to do about the people that you have to divorce yourself from and say, out, you're out the door now. What's he going to do to express he understands that obligation? Do, not talk. What's he going to, is he going to, how's he going to change his behavior? Who's he going to listen to? When you are 23 years old, you need to have somebody else to listen to. And that is also incumbent upon the Memphis Grizzlies. I want to see what the behavior is, man. What's the behavior going forward? I don't want to hear Contrition. Everybody expresses contrition. Who doesn't express contrition? Who's going to roll up into the commissioner's office and say, I, you know, I ain't into being contrite. Everybody's going to express contrition. I'm sorry. Remorse. I got that. What now? What are you going to do? 
Michael Wilbaum subscribes to the theory, Joe, it appears anyways, uh, listen to what they do, not what they say, which has been some of the best advice I've ever been given in life. And I can understand why he's taking that approach to the situation with John Morant. Yeah, that was extremely well said by Wilbon. And I'm skeptical as well. I mean, it was a litany of incidents over a long period of time. And now we're supposedly of the belief that one week of treatment changes everything. That seems pretty quick. Like, think about any other issue you could have regarding anything. Any sort of mental health problem, physical health problem, relationship issue, issue with people at work. Can you solve anything in one week's time? Like, that's it? It's done? One week? What do they say it is? It's like 23 days to build a habit, six months to build a lifestyle. You're telling me one week? That's it? And I don't know, because I don't know what the problem is, right? And, and and that's not any of our business. We don't necessarily need to know what the problem is. And also, if there is even an actual problem, like I, I don't know if there's some sort of mental health component to this, or if also this could be a young person making bad decisions, which certainly wouldn't be the first time that that happened in the history of the world or in the history of sports. And so I don't know if there's a real problem here other than John Morant needing to sort of learn from the mistakes. And if you're you're going to learn from the lesson. Sometimes you learn after the lesson has genuinely been taught to you, which I would say now an eight game suspension maybe does that. I mean, we can have the conversation is eight games enough. The NBA said they investigated the incident in Denver because, yes, there was two other incidents previously reported by the Washington Post. This is just coming from the incident in Denver on John Morant's Instagram Live. They said they did not conclude that Morant owned the gun. They did not conclude that he brought the gun to the club. They did not conclude that he traveled with the gun or that he took it to any NBA facility. Still, they suspend him for conduct detrimental to the league, which they can certainly do. I don't, the length of the suspension, eight games, whatever, I think all of this, frankly, should serve as a wake-up call. Even just you and I having this conversation, Joe, hopefully will serve as a wake-up call to Jaw. just how much he has to lose, man. Like, I think that that's all any of us want with Jaw Morant. It's like, whatever's the, whatever's the issue, if there is an issue, if there's not an issue, if it's just you wiling out because you're young, whatever, you're hanging out with the wrong crew, like whatever it is, just fix it because you have way too, you have so much more to lose than most of us at your age. You just do. You're so awesome. We all love watching you play basketball and we want to be able to continue to see you play basketball. I mean, this is the guy who the NBA has pointed at and said, you're going to be one of the next faces of the league. And I think we all want to see it because we all believe in his ability that much. And he's that fun to watch on the basketball court. And so all of us just want to make sure that he remains out there and that he fixes these things that risk, that do truly risk his career. And maybe he'll realize that he is genuinely risking that career with some of these dumb decisions. You don't always realize that when you're young, the gravity of it all. Yeah, I mean, people make mistakes, and if there's one thing we like in this country, it's a redemption story. We can get behind something like that because it can set the stage for an example for the children. It can set the stage for other people who are struggling in their lives that you can bounce back from something. The great Lorenzo Neal has an all-time line that he used to say, a setback is nothing but a setup for a comeback, right? So the opportunity is here for Morant to turn it around. And if he does, it ends up becoming a great lesson for everybody else. I think Wilbon's right that he has to be very careful about the company he keeps moving forward. I think he needs to find a, you know, to quote Tim Ferriss's book, a tribe of mentors, individuals he can lean upon to go through some of the harder situations, confrontations he might have throughout the course of his life. Someone that can give him that advice, someone he looks up to, someone that he respects. Put good people around you. You know, we talked about this last week. 
You are the average of your five closest friends. That's what it is. There's no looking at your five closest friends saying, well, those people are trash, but I'm, I'm, I'm high class. Like, I, I'm up there. They're beneath me. No, no. You run in a group. You are the average of your five closest friends. So if you don't like what you see from your friends, that's you. Just so you know that, that's you. And if you keep running with these guys, you can choose to do that. Loyalty, friendship, all that. But just understand that there could be consequences because it doesn't seem to be going in the right direction right now. I mean, that's true for anybody in life. It really, really is. And I think one of the hardest things about growing up is recognizing that not everybody's coming with you and that you can't necessarily bring everybody with you. And that's that's not just sports. That's not just if you're famous. That's not just if you end up being successful. It's just that there's different avenues in life and not everybody ends up on the same path. And sometimes you have to leave people behind who you loved very, very much as friends while you were on the come up and while you were growing up and you have that history with. And I think that's hard. For it's a hard lesson for a lot of us to learn, but a lot of us don't have the eyeballs on us that John Morant has on him. The reality is, when you are as talented as him and you are as successful as him, and you are as unusual because you're talking top 1% of 1% of the world at what he does, which none of us can say about what we do at the age that he's at is that he has to realize that those people don't just reflect on him in the same way that they reflect on all of us. Like all of us have that where yes, the people in our lives reflect on us for him. It is quite literally his name in all of these stories that is in these headlines. And as part of these stories, like I have no idea what the names of, of the other people with him at the incident of the mall or any of these other alleged incidents that have happened with John Moran in the nightclub. Like I have no idea who else was there. Because the only person I know is John Morant. That's the person that we all know. And so in that way, it all reflects on him. I'm sure that that is difficult to comprehend, but that is the price you pay, I guess, for being as wildly talented but also wildly successful as John Morant is. Coming up next, the first day of March Madness has been a lot of fun so far. We'll get back into the madness. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 